0: Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Hang Fire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where we go year by year catching up my friend Gabe on everything he missed while being homeschooled and sheltered during those formative years. But today, Gabe isn't the only one. Our guest today is one of the smartest people I know, a kind human being, and a wizard at Excel. Ladies and gentlemen, Heather, hold for applause. Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for uh, being on.
1: Happy to be here.
0: So Heather, can you give us a little bit of your background on those formative years that Gabe also was sheltered during uh, you know, his life?
1: Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I was allowed out of the house. Uh, a little bit unlike Gabe, but I grew up Mormon on the East Coast, so definitely had a different expectation in my house versus all of my friends' households. No art in movies, no drinking, no going out late at night, no dating until I was 16. Um, So I didn't necessarily have all of the same experiences as as my friends, especially going into college, because I also went to a Mormon college, which is definitely not the same thing as my friends who went to universities on the East Coast.
0: How aware or how into whatever was happening at the time were you, I guess, aware of, of what was happening in pop culture at the time?
1: Um, I would say probably just about as aware as my friends. You know, I had, like, the radio. We got cable, I think, when I was, like, 13 or something like that. So that was a big deal because I could see, like, Nickelodeon for the first time. Um...
0: <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Okay, so the year is two thousand. George W Bush oh. is elected the 43rd president of the United States. The total population on earth is 6.1 billion people. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is uh, released. And the final daily original Peanuts comic strip is published. The year 2000. I think so, I remember that happening. So Heather, where are you in the year 2000? What's going on in your life?
1: So, I'm In eighth grade, I think my family would have just gotten back from a big summer trip where, uh, you know, I spent the whole summer away from my friends in a van with my family traveling the West Coast, seeing all of the the big things, you know, Yellowstone, Grand Canyon, um, all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's probably trying to figure out who I wanted to be before going into into high school. So this would have been one year pre emo Heather
0: oh <laughs> that's so good gabe where are you in 2000
2: well having uh survived y2k happening um with with a little preparation that had to happen there were 50 gallon drums of water with we'll some about, small amount of concern we'll
0: talk about y2k in 1999 gabe don't get it twisted
2: well i've survived it though see we're the other side you have to wait to hear so uh yeah I'm uh still in Ranch Cucamonga a little bit less outside let's see here 2000 so I'm uh, I'm 12 so video games are becoming a, a major factor in my life despite uh, despite some some efforts of my uh, of my mom uh, more and more time is being spent there. I think I'm trying to think if that's it had to be before that that I started a little bit but uh yeah I mean still, Still homeschooled. I think we're we're starting to get a bit more access because the internet's a bit more available. Still dial-up, but there's a little bit more access.
0: Okay. So 2000 for me. I am uh, enjoying uh, life as a reserve in the Marines. This is the time in between. So I'm I'm 20. I'm I'm having a good time. Like you know, I'm independent. Well, I, I keep saying independent, but I was already doing everything anyway. Uh so no I I'm just I am just trying to figure myself out at this time because it, it is 20 years old. I am working I am working a grave shift job because um again don't want to deal with people. Uh yeah no just uh That's I think fair. everyday stuff, everyday stuff. So let's start with movies and uh that came out in 2000. Do either oh, of you remember or watch the movie M- Memento? Yes yes okay what do you remember about that movie
2: that's the one with uh is that the one with guy pierce
0: it is yep
2: and he's 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 got a he's got a tattoo
0: himself in order to remember got a a few tattoos to remember yes what about you yeah 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 uh
1: i was not aware at all of the movie memento in, in that year i went back to it i think i watched it in my early 20s with a friend when i was visiting. Um, them in Utah. I thought it was a great movie then, but I, I definitely had not even heard about it that year.
0: Yeah, came out in 2000, uh, starring Guy Pearce. This is uh, director, uh, Christopher Nolan's big first movie, $4 million on the budget, made about $40 million, nominated for Best Screenplay, which uh, Christopher Nolan wrote, and Best Editing. Um, but yeah, it's a mystery thriller about a man with short-term memory loss who is attempting to track down his wife's murderer, the editing is what made that movie really special, right? Because if, if you watch it the the correct way, it just, it, it was an okay movie. But as you're watching yeah. it in reverse order, but also forward order in the black and white, like, uh, flashbacks. Anyway, you, fantastic movie, though. Fantastic.
2: You got the middle in the end, right? Like, mm-hmm. you finally got the middle. You finally tied it together. It was this jumping. You kept jumping, and you were just, like, confused, 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 starting to get an idea, and then had the whole picture, finally. Yep. And that was that was probably the first kind of instance of that wide stream
0: yeah and again again i think uh it was a really great introduction of what christopher nolan's mind was going to be at you know fast forward now to like tenet watched it and i have no idea what i saw
1: yeah i uh i i read probably 20 articles about like what does tenet mean after i watched the movie and i still don't get it it was cool right enjoyed it i don't know that i'd watch it again but I still
0: have no idea. Yeah, that, that scene where the scientist explains how, oh, the bullet didn't come to your hand. It just, you know, you had dropped it earlier. I'm like, okay, so you're supposed to plan things. But then you watch it and you're like, none of this is planned. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like bizarre World. Okay, so uh, Gladiator comes out in 2000. Thoughts on Gladiator? I think, to
2: be fair, so Memento, I, I caught a little bit later. I don't think I caught it in 2000, but I caught it within a few years probably of that gladiator i caught sooner still not probably the year it happened but man that movie that everybody loved that movie everybody i know loved that movie i still love that movie
1: yeah i don't think i saw it that year either i think i saw it like edited on tv once it released and so i missed out i think on all of the the and the rape stuff.
2: and the murder <laughs> the first the...
1: time I saw it. yeah the parts that make the movie feel real I probably <laughs> missed out on my first watch through uh but yeah agree fantastic movie
0: uh, yeah Ridley Scott was a director a uh who is also responsible for Blade Runner and um the alien movies mm. um second highest grossing movie of 2000 won Best Picture, Best Actor for Russell Crowe, Best Costume Design, Best Sound and Best Visual Effects. Just cleaned up at the Oscars.
1: Is that the one? So was it Joaquin Phoenix who was
0: who plays the uh, the, the bad guy? The, the yeah,
1: the main dude. Yeah, still find him creepy because of how he played that role.
2: Yeah, he did a good job there. Yeah. <laughs> Impactful performance. Definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the third movie we'll talk about is a movie called Traffic. Did either of you see that movie? Mm-mm.
2: I don't think so. It sounds familiar, but I.
0: So this is a this was a crime drama, um, and it basically it explores the uh, the illegal drug trade, but from different perspectives. Uh, you have like the the users, the the cops, the politicians, the traffickers, and it's an ensemble piece because uh, everyone has small roles. So you had. You had Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro does a great performance in that movie. Michael Douglas, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Benjamin Brad. They had a crazy cast. It was a $20 million budget movie that made like $200 million, And it got four Oscars. It got Best Director, Best Supporting Actor for Benicio Del Toro, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, and then uh, Best Film Editing, which I said something about film editing before, didn't I? Okay, no, so Memento was nominated for Best Editing, but did not win it. Traffic won it for Best Editing. But it was a, really, yeah, it was a really cool movie about, like, almost um, imagine, like, Guy Ritchie, but without that, uh, you know, the comedic um, situations. All the characters will, will eventually pass by each other, but coincidental because one's a trafficker, one's an, a user, one's a cop. Type of thing within the uh, within the storyline. Really, really good movie though. Traffic.
2: I don't think I have seen it. That sound the way that you describe that though sounds like a Snatch or Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking yeah. Barrels. The way they have the characters' storylines. Take,
0: take out the comedy though, and take out the nice little bow at <laughs> the end. Not funny. Yeah. <laughs> and add people doing frustrating. very bad things for for um, narcotics. So just
2: not not to knock either, but I'm thinking. So you're talking. It's funny to hear you say that that got best you know editing when you have something like memento on there i'm just thinking what else happened that year that gladiator got best costume design because the costume design is great right but it's like roman they're like they're all wearing like like a you know a stack with a belt <laughs> like it's realistic what other costumes are in movies that year you
0: know, where's the competition luckily we have the internet oscars in <laughs> 2000 so it was like kind of like an alley-oop for uh or well, a boy Ridley Scott there. But I think you still have to, like, I think you still have I to mean, yeah, there's work. be somewhat accurate in the sword that you're using or or something like the that. The gladius. Okay, so we were saying, um, okay, this is not 2000. <laughs> 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 well, it says honored. Oh, so it would have been 2001 then, huh? Because if the movie came out in 2000. Yeah. Always oh, thinking this one. Uh... I,
2: I made that exact mistake. <laughs> In my in my debut,
0: you did great in your debut, Gabe. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Okay, here we go. Best costume design. Okay, so you had 102 Dalmatians, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, How the Grinch (laughs) Stole Christmas, and Quills.
2: I mean, how do you not take Jim Carrey's eight hours of makeup and
0: or the entire Whoville nation? Didn't
1: he get trained by the CIA in, like, torture compensation yeah, yeah, yeah. tools? There was and he, some... like, smoked a ton because it was just miserable sitting in the in the chair getting all of those prosthetics put on?
2: He, yeah, it almost made him quit. Like, yeah. he almost was like, I can't do this because it took so much to get into that every time. Can you imagine that? Like, every day of your job is like your first six hours of
0: your job <laughs>
2: <laughs> sitting in a chair enough, people
0: glue stuff to you? Can you imagine Can't being you? paid $5 million to sit there for four hours? And people <laughs> stuff the I mean,
2: you can sit there and say that too, but then also look at like a uh, a professional athlete on the lower end, like some of these hockey players who play like 13 minutes. It's like, well, I've made my $5 million. I'm out, guys. I
0: right. I'll still take Jim Carrey's four hours on that chair and uncomfortableness and everything. I'm just going to say that.
2: <sighs> yeah. You, you don't want to mm-hmm. risk that vulcanized piece of rubber.
0: No, no. Not even a little bit. Popular TV shows of 2000. This is a good one, by the way, because this one, the top ten were ruled by the by top seven of the same show. If I said to you what show would came out, well, I man, you might not know because you were teenagers. But sh- this, when this show came out, it was so popular that it actually um, it was a two week event, and then they did another two week event, and then eventually it became an actual show. But when it came out, it was the number one show every night that it was on because everyone and their mothers were watching, was watching it. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire came out in 2000. And they had it, they had it almost every day of the week because of how it kept going. And every day it would just beat the ratings from the previous day. And it held on for the entire year. So one of the top, one of the top three shows or one of the top 10 shows that, that year was who wants to be a millionaire on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays and on Sundays? <laughs> wow,
2: I feel like if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the year 2000. Then <laughs> no, but here's the thing, you're though, not, you're not listening.
0: I will say this, though, that show did revolutionize like game show. It had not been done before.
1: We had like the phone a friend and then like the audience polling it was pretty cool.
0: And then you had for... Regis Philbin as the host. I was going to and...
1: say, are these the Regis days? Yeah. It has not been the same since.
0: I don't know. I stopped watching after I got over the fact that it was a new show and it was fun. <laughs> but I was I was watching when the first person who won the million uh, actually won. He, he had actually answered every question correctly. And I think he had one lifeline left was to call a friend. And he used it to call his father to tell him he was going to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I remember that he flexed he flexed he (laughs) He totally did but yeah that was one of the popular most popular shows of 2000
2: now shows that I think the format did that for it too in part because you could just sit there and be like well I'm smarter than this person I could answer that
0: oh the first three questions everybody could answer right we all felt well
2: that's that's part of why you watch right because if somebody messes that up you're just like how do they even get here (laughs) the answers you know who homeschooled them right (laughs) don't any friends to phone huh (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh so tv shows that ended in uh in 19 uh in, in 2000 this one uh, again uh i hope everybody feels it the way i did boy meets world after seven years uh on the uh on the air were either of you fans of boy meets world or remember uh, i think i missed all seven years
1: I, I definitely missed Boy Meets World, but I did circle back to it as an adult and watch the whole thing start to finish. Um what a and wonderful like, the goodbye show, right? to the classroom, Mr. Feeney, definitely, definitely got me. What for a sure.
0: wonderful show. I was in my prime. Like it literally it was almost like my president, Bill Clinton, it was there for my entire teens from thirteen to nineteen. <laughs> Boy wow. Meets World was on. <laughs> And it was in high school and like the main female character lead Topanga was like somebody, you know, I could relate because I had my Topanga in high school who was like my, you know, one that that I kept going after and just shot me down on like the TV show. Uh, but yeah, that ended after seven years on the air. And as, every, as Gabe might not remember, this was the everyday events and life lessons of the main character, what he went through every day. His uh, principal from high school was his neighbor. And uh, he had a pretty decent life and a good family and everything. It's just, he was he was just a teenager. And there was Ben Savage, the star, who was the uh, brother, the younger brother of uh, Fred Savage, which I'm, then I'm going to say the next show and you're going to be like, mm. uh, Wonder Years from the Wonder Years, Gabe? I, I have heard of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Remember in the beginning of The Princess Bride? Yeah yeah. The yeah. little kid that they're talking to, yeah, that's no. Fred Savage. <laughs> yeah. His little <laughs> brother was in Boy Meets World. You didn't watch The Wonder Years, huh?
2: Hopefully he also got red stories as a child. <laughs> no, Columbus. his dad was not
1: that kind of dad. <laughs> I definitely caught episodes of Wonder Years, but nothing sequentially. Like I wasn't an avid watcher. I did try watching that as an adult, though, circling back. I made it through like the first three or four episodes. Maybe I was like, oh, this is not a happy go lucky show. I definitely thought it was when I was a kid. But watching it as an adult, not even a little
0: bit. No, that was a real show. That was real American Mm -hmm. show right there. (laughs) Yeah. Freaks and Geeks ends in um, in 2000 after its second season. Uh, this is a Judd Apatow produced TV show. And this is the show that gave us like the James Franco's, the Jason Segel's, the Seth Rogan's, that Judd Apatow universe that we have now started basically on Freaks and Geeks back in 99 and 2000. Is this a show that was on anybody's radar?
2: Not in real time. I know of it in, in retrospect, thanks to it being the, uh, you know, the birth of those stars you mentioned. That's how I know it as a reference point.
0: That's it, huh? Yeah, I
1: think same for me. I did not watch it at all when it was airing. Uh, I think I've seen a couple of episodes, but I haven't watched the whole thing start to finish.
0: It was a fun it was a fun TV show cuz I think it was it you know like the the pot smokers, the stoners, the outcasts. They all hung out and you know, smoked pot and did things together. And it was great. It was you could relate, you know, if you were a teenager or in your late teens during that time, not, you know, If you were ever a teenager, you would like this show. If you were ever a teenager, yes. (laughs) I guess this is the wrong crowd to say that to.
2: (laughs) Which is up to that point, I had not been, to be fair.
0: (laughs) No, I mean,
1: I didn't have my first sip of alcohol until I was 20, I think. So I definitely would not relate.
0: Oh, by 20, I was already thinking of AA. (laughs) (laughs) I was seriously considering it
2: alcohol was one thing that we had I had the the both of my parents shared the viewpoint that they'd rather you drink at home and so you got a, a, a an early introduction to and it was it was openly talked about it was one of the one of the few things that hit that kind of teaching method which works really well so
0: yeah you're not an alcoholic so that's good i guess it did work well. yeah somebody here wants to show off that they can control their drinking <laughs> Yes, I guess homeschooled work for some people. Uh, <laughs>
2: got one. I got everybody gets one thing. Everybody thing. gets one
0: thing. Okay. TV shows that started, and as we on um, the pop culture hangfire uh, podcast are all about is improving our production and 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 showing that this show will evolve as we evolve as producers of it. So I would like to introduce the TV show that started in two thousand. Heather, you're not allowed to say anything because you came into early and you heard this so Gabe this is for you do you recognize this show that started in 2000 yes no maybe
2: from the sound (laughs) clip but i love that we have that (laughs) that's that's my favorite thing now is that we can do that
0: so that doesn't doesn't ring a bell no oh wow this show was on for six years after this gabe heather can you fill gabe in on what this amazing show yeah
1: malcolm in the middle
0: oh
2: yeah yeah no i didn't no i'm aware of that but
1: it's a great show. That's on my list of things that I go back to and I rewatch over and over oh, really? again. I've probably seen it start to finish like five times. Yeah.
0: Holy cow. Uh, yeah, this is, this was um, the series about a dysfunctional family. Uh, start, started, started. Uh, I already had a
2: friend seat to that.
0: <laughs> 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 it started Frankie Muniz as the lead as Malcolm. And he was basically an adolescent who tested as a genius level and kind of dealing with being a genius, but having a really dumb, dysfunctional family at home, and the father played by Brian Cranston, who would later on mm-hmm. uh, be Mr. White. That's before he got cancer. Way before he got cancer.
1: And when he still loved a family.
0: So. And when he still had a family, his first family. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, this was a. I, I watched this. This was a fun show. It was funny, and it's. Uh, I. You know, what's funny. I recently heard Frankie Muniz on the. Um, a steve podcast. He's doing really well for himself. Like, everybody thought something was wrong with him. And he's like, no, just he invested into property. You know what he used to have? He used to have a bunch of parking lots in, in downtown L.A.
2: Yeah. Talk about gold mines.
0: Exactly.
2: Parking lots in L.A. I mean, The one thing everybody needs. And he
0: used to just have one employee who would, like, take everybody's money. But, yeah, he invested in property and kind of kept that. And then after the show, he went heavily into uh, car racing and is actually going back into it now. But yeah, he's been doing, he, he did really well. Nothing bad happened. He was a kid actor who who survived and is surprisingly normal.
1: Yeah, well, there were all of those news story, right? Like Frankie Muniz doesn't remember filming <laughs> Malcolm in the Middle. And I read a transcript of the podcast that you're talking about actually, where he's like, this isn't true. I didn't remember like some specific events that people were trying to talk to me about, but I know I was on the show. <laughs> I know it was a role I played. So I thought that that was hilarious because I definitely was one of those people. I was like, man, Frankie Muniz, he doesn't remember like six years of his life. How tough and not true.
0: Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, again, looks healthy. Looks like he's doing just fine. Another show that started. Now, this show I did not watch, but I know was incredibly popular because it even had a, a return uh, in 2016. Gilmore Girls. Oh, Heather. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, so I I watched it a little bit growing up, you know, if I happened to catch an episode here or there, I was never really good about like watching things consistently every week when I was younger. Uh, But I definitely watched it start to finish as an adult. And I didn't really see the appeal. Um, I know people really love Gilmore Girls, but I hated Rory as a character. I thought she was awful. So I just never want to, I just didn't want to watch her.
0: Rory was the brother or the daughter?
1: The daughter.
0: Oh, I, yeah, again, I, I know it was popular. Everybody talked about it. Uh, again, did you watch the four part mini series in 2016?
1: I think I watched the first two and then I gave up because I already didn't like Rory. And then Rory got worse and I, I just I couldn't do it. Like it was like cringetown. Uh, but Kelly, my husband, loves Gilmore Girls. I think he's watched it like 45 times, it's one of his go back twos
0: shout out to Kelly. Mm-hmm. And gave this aware of it, heard of it, had
2: had friends who were really into it, never like I still like I've only ever seen parts. I've only seen clips and I already think I I knew that Rory was terrible. <laughs> just from that. <laughs> <laughs> so like I've never
0: I I again, no idea who they they are. Now I I know the mom because of the movies that she did uh, on her own. Like she, I'm a huge fan of the movie Red. And she was great in Red. Red. Bruce Willis, Morgan no. Freeman. Oh wait, John Malkovich. Uh,
1: is that the one where he like pretends that he doesn't get a social security yes! check so he can yes. talk to her on the phone? Yes. Okay, I got you.
0: Good movie, right? Yes. It was a good movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Gabe.
1: But Gilmore Girls, you had Melissa McCarthy, right? First time I got introduced to her. Oh, really? She blew up from there. Mm-hmm.
0: I thought *Bridesmaids* was her big blow up. No.
1: I mean, I think that's when she got super popular. She was like a cook, I think, in Gilmore Girls. She was kind of like sassy and off to the side.
0: Did not know that. I I thought uh, I thought Bridesmaids was like her her like breakout role, and she was amazing in that. A movie that Gabe has still not seen, even though we, I have not. We've oh brought it up God. more than once in the podcast. Gabe, it's you, it's you need up to there with mullets movie. for
2: recurring things on <laughs> on the show.
0: <laughs> and Clint Eastwood. Okay, now we move on to people who died uh, in 2000. And for that, we'll go to a clip. Film actress whose on-screen star quality in more than 30 movies was nearly as bright as her
2: off-screen scientific brilliance. She co-invented the technology for frequency hopping, which jammed radio-controlled torpedoes, which was first used during the Cuban Missile Crisis, along with her system that manipulated radio frequencies at irregular intervals to encode classified military messages. Applications of her radio technology invention is the basis of modern wireless data communication still used today. Inventor's Hall of Fame inductee and recipient of a star along the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Pioneer in the world of communications technology. Brains and beauty,
0: Hedy Lamarr. Genius. Does the name Hedy Lamar ring any bells?
2: It's familiar. I feel like I've definitely heard the name somewhere, probably the issue channel.
0: Uh, not the I was big, in not a production big... of
1: Damn Yankees, and her name comes up in one of the songs.
0: Oh, well, look at Heather dropping some, uh, right? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I remember watching Blazing Saddles and Hedley Lamar being a character. <laughs> So, yes, Miss Miss Hedy Lamar, uh, Austrian-American actress, uh, died at 85, uh, heart disease. She was a a movie actress from the from the 30s to the late 50s, basically, and got her Hollywood Walk of Fame star then. And then and then it was after that that she uh, she was an avid inventor, like constantly patenting things. And frequency hopping uh, was her thing, which is basically like, like I think a lot of modern technology, like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and GPS, wouldn't be possible without uh, her invention back then. So imagine being an actress for like 20 years and then becoming an inventor and then becoming a recluse and just uh, disappearing from the world. Deciding
2: you want to jam missiles.
0: Right? That's wild. Yeah. Mm. You want to know something else wild about her? Hit me. Married and divorced six times in about twenty years.
2: Frequencies wow. weren't the only thing hopping.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. But yeah, in the in the late fifties is when her, her last movie happened, and when her last divorce uh, happened, and then she just kind of like stayed off the grid and just. I think they said that towards the end of her life, she was just communicating with everybody via phone you know, talking five, six hours a day to people, but still actively talking to people. just did not want to see people at that point. I feel like six divorces might do that to you. I think feel maybe like three might do that to me, but we'll see, right? Fingers crossed.
1: <laughs> Got a lot of years left, Christian. We'll see. Oh, don't
0: you dare. Don't you dare wish that upon me. Does the name Walter Mathau ring a bell? Also Dan Yankees?
1: <laughs> no, the name rings a bell, but I can't place where I would have heard it. Gabe.
2: Yeah, no, it definitely rings a bell, especially the last name rings a bell for sure.
0: Okay, so (gasps) Mr. Uh, Walter Matthau, uh, American actor and comedian, best known for me for being the coach in Bad News Bears, but also The Odd Couple and Grumpy Old Man.
1: Yeah, Grumpy Old Man. I just looked up a picture of him, (laughs) that's where I know him from. And Grumpy Old Man.
0: Grumpy Old Man. No, it was
1: Grumpy Old Man. Yeah, Yeah, you're
0: right. Died at 79 from a heart attack
1: the neighbor and Dennis, the menace.
0: Oh, wow. Deep cut. Yeah. Man, she just came in here to show you off, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think with
2: the premise of the show, I don't think that was too hard to do. <laughs> we set the bar pretty low.
0: <laughs> oh, but yes, he passed away in in, uh, in 2000. And then our th- last person that we'll discuss today. Uh, Charles M. Schulz passed away in 2000. Gabe, you that ties in that ties in right exactly to, to right, the beginning with... heather charles m schultz
1: Mm-mm, not at all
0: okay so he is the man who created the peanuts
1: oh yep yeah
0: so that
1: Isn't the it's charlie brown right that's yes the, charlie brown. <laughs> the voice actor for him passed away recently too right yes
0: suicide yeah but yeah so charles schultz died at 77 from colon cancer Creator of the Peanuts. At its height, the Peanuts was published daily in twenty six hundred different papers in seventy five countries in twenty five uh, in, in twenty one languages. Over nearly fifty years, he drew the comic himself. It is believed that he drew seventeen thousand eight hundred and ninety seven uh, comic strips for the Peanuts in his entire life. And it says that uh, a fun fact is Schulz Schulz, Took only one vacation, a five-week break in late 1997 to celebrate his 75th birthday. Reruns of the strip ran during his vacation, the only time that occurred during Schulz's life. That's how committed he was to that damn uh, comic strip.
2: So one of the benefits of living with my grandparents is they got the paper, <laughs> of course. And so I got to read the funnies on, on the regular. I would, I would stroll through and snag the funnies. And uh, I read that name countless times
0: yeah i was a fan of the peanuts now i I will say this i don't think the peanuts were the funniest comic strip but they had a place i think they had a place and and anybody who says otherwise is wrong uh and snoopy i think is uh is one of the greatest dogs in in all of pop culture history
2: one of the best boys
0: one of the best so yeah so uh i appreciate what mr schultz did i think and i think from the last episode we talked about you know, Cobb and Hobbs, and I put them both up there. I mean, Cobb and Hobbs, obviously better by like a thousand percent, but you know, peanuts are all right. They're good. They, they have their place in history. So, anyway, they
2: deserve to be in the same comic,
0: they in do. the same page, in the same heaven. Uh, Mr. Schultz died in 2000. Now, on to music in 2000. We're going to talk about something that you could not avoid. And because I think of licensing, I can't do clips on this one just in case. Because <laughs> the other ones were actual like news stuff i don't i think i could do that but i don't think i can do an actual song just to be on the safe side
1: i mean you could sing an actual song
0: i could this would be an interesting one to do the thong song by cisco comes out in 2000 (laughs) (laughs) is is that what you want heather (laughs) nominated i mean kind of (laughs) yeah no no (laughs) you you did
2: ask i didn't know the answer was coming back yes
0: nominated for four grammys the thong song that happened in 2000 and i don't understand it to this day
2: i think they also expected the world to end and they were scrambling
0: i imagine both of you regardless of what you were doing in life this song hit your ears somewhere right yeah yeah you couldn't avoid this song could you i don't think so
1: no and i think this is one of very few music videos that i saw during this time
0: no, no. Wasn't it just on a beach with women wearing thongs?
1: Yeah. I I, I think I got overwhelmed by lady butts.
0: Oh, Who doesn't? Man, I remember when I first got overwhelmed by lady butts. <laughs> Oof.
2: I still get overwhelmed sometimes.
0: <laughs> um, in 2000, we also have a phenomenal album and a phenomenal band that makes its debut. Uh, Linkin Park with Hybrid Theory. Now, mm-hmm. was this on your radar at the time, or did it eventually become in your radar?
2: Eventually. So I think we're still like a couple years out from me having unfettered radio access. And of course, Linkin Park dominated the airwaves. Like, 103.9, 106.7, they were very regular. They even made it on the more hardcore rock station.
0: What about you, Heather?
1: Yeah, I yeah for sure, uh, listened to Linkin Park those years and into high school. Uh, I think Linkin Park was supposed to be my first concert. I had tickets and then I got grounded and didn't get a chance to go. Super upsetting.
0: Oh, Teenage Heather couldn't it make it to Linkin Park? They could not make it to Linkin Park. Oh, wow. But yeah, I remember when this came out, it was huge. And yeah, it was on K-Rock in LA and they played and overplayed the hell out of it. But, I mean, they had plenty to play to play from. This album gave out four singles, so you had plenty to work with. Uh, sold 27 million copies worldwide, making it the best-selling debut album since Guns N' Roses, which would have been like 86, 87. Yeah. So it, Guns N' Roses <laughs> held that title for 13 years, and then Linkin Park <laughs> came and just wiped them out. And the best-selling rock album of the 21st century, apparently, for Linkin Park. I mean, to this day, I still listen to Think Linkin Park, you know. Yeah, me too. It's, fantastic... it's on my
1: uh, workout rotation. And this was.
0: I such have a whole Spotify album.
2: playlist that's done.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, so this is thanks to 2000, we have this. Moving on to tech and toys. So this one, I, both of you, I've curated this for both of you. Uh, first thing, in 2000, the Sony PlayStation 2 comes out. 21 years ago. Sony PlayStation 2 came out. Now, I will say... You finally drink." (laughs) (laughs) I will say that in 2000, I was still uh, GameCube, but I was playing around with the Sega Dreamcast. So PlayStation 2 was nowhere on my radar. I had no idea what it was. Did not care for it. Gabe, I'm going to assume your mother, you weren't allowed to use the word Sony. It was a four-letter word. So I, I,
2: I, I never owned a console. I think... I don't know which Atari it was. Someone gave us a broken Atari console. I think I've mentioned that. And that was like the only console we ever owned. But fortunately, family, like cousins and friends and stuff did not have that problem. So I was exposed to all of them throughout the genesis of their various platforms. And so PlayStation 2 got to play it, probably played it too at uh, uh, Target Greatland. One of my favorite experiences. Because <laughs> you know how you know how your mother's going to get lost in Target shopping. I'll just wander over to that electronic section and start <laughs> playing the demos so uh no i i was exposed but I, I didn't have it you know much to much to my disappointment i never had any any form of the playstation oh what about
0: you heather we
1: definitely had a, a playstation two we had the playstation one and then when the two came out wow. we wow
0: wait so mormons were yeah. okay with uh with video games you got to keep them yeah. busy somehow you got to keep, keep right? them drinking caffeine yeah. and alcohol right
1: <laughs> no, no coffee no tea yeah, I do remember we bought, like, Gex. And I don't remember if that was for the PlayStation 1 or the PlayStation 2. My my parents saw us playing it. And I think he used the word, like, damn or something like that or hell. I don't know. But they saw that word up on the screen and Gex went away. Yep, no longer had that game. Never got to finish it. Still a sore subject.
0: Oh, no. Gex was a lizard one something, right? He was, mm-hmm. like, a, he was like a James Bond secret agent something, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think he's coming back, though. I think they're making a another game, so... Now that I have my own house, you know I can do what I want, Mom.
0: I can play some games. Do all the dams Say, and all the hells that I want.
2: <laughs> Say damn it at the screen.
0: <laughs> uh, and then uh, in 2000, the Nintendo um, system releases Pokemon Gold and Pokemon Silver uh, for the Game Boy Color in the U.S., selling 1.4 million copies in the first week. Now again, Gabe, we, you know? I was not I was not a Pokemon fan. I think in 2000 I was playing Pokemon pinball. That was the most exciting Pokemon thing I played. Never got into Pinball's it. It was pretty great. It is. It was a lot of fun. But Heather, I know you're a Pokemon yes. fan. Were you a Pokemon I am fan a... in 2000?
1: Yeah, so we had a Game Boy Color. We definitely would have gotten Pokemon, but we only had one Game Boy for the whole house. You know, it's not like I had my own and my sister Jane loved Pokemon, so she she kind of took it on full time. I think I got to play a little bit, um, but it was definitely more her Game Boy.
0: Oh, that sounds great sad.
1: game though. <laughs> I know, yeah. But it's, it's still going, right? They do a new Pokemon game like every couple of years. The new one this year, I think they just betaed. It's supposed to be awesome. Uh, yeah, I
0: haven't uh, I haven't kept up with uh, with Pokemon since uh, last
1: year. Re released Pokemon Snap. That was a good time.
0: I remember reading about it. I think the last Pokemon-related <laughs> thing that I did was Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Phenomenal. That's the last Pokemon-related thing that I've done. <laughs> and the last toy we'll talk about from 2000. Do you... And I, I kind of feel like this is going to be a thing. Do you recall Heelys? Yeah. I
1: recall not being coordinated enough to have Heelys.
0: But the option was there?
1: The option was there, yeah.
0: But you were like, Mom, I know myself. This is not going to end the <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel like the whole family was on the same page on that
2: one. Be aware of your, your own invitations. That's good. <laughs> the option was not was not there, but I also feel... I think it was a combination. So nobody was sitting there saying, but also I was I was like, that seems like a bad idea.
0: So I remember, because obviously I was 20 years old. I was way too cool for Healy, so I didn't even bother. I just pointed at them at the mall and go, nerd. But... them. Yeah, no, I, I just... Uh, they it seemed like so when you think about it, you're like, it makes kind of a little bit of sense, right? Shoes that you can slide on. But apparently it also seems like a very dangerous thing to give to a, a child. Uh, never got it, never got into it. But I remember seeing them everywhere. I still randomly before I left Vegas, I randomly <laughs> would still see There's them. like one
2: kid here or there that has them. And you're just like, yeah. where are you getting these? <laughs> You just see a kid glide by. Yes,
0: that still randomly happens. Yeah, yeah, I know.
2: It's either a glitch in the Matrix or a tea (laughs) Never
0: got into it. Never got into it. All right, with the minutes we have left, we will go into some celebrity gossip from 2000. Juicy. Madonna marries director Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt marries Jennifer Aniston in 2000. Yeah. Huh? I I uh-huh. think they're gonna make it? No, no. I can predict <laughs> I can predict that Brad Pitt is gonna make a wonderful movie called Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Have either of you oh, seen man. that movie? I have Absolutely. seen that movie. Absolutely. Such a great movie. I, I predict he's gonna make a really good movie called That, and he's gonna meet this very wild and crazy and adventurous woman named Angelina Jolie, and they're gonna they're gonna start something. Even though in 2000, Angelina Jolie is marrying Billy Bob Thornton. She is 24, he is 44. And they carry bl- vials of blood around their necks and necklaces.
2: They were they were doing the blood thing before uh Machine Gun Kelly and uh what's her name? Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Yeah. yeah. Did they didn't they like drink each other's blood recently?
0: Probably. Sounds like if I then. said that, it sounds
2: like it's. It sounds like yeah. yeah. yeah that's that's something that would have happened. Like you could say whatever at this point. <laughs> People just be like, yeah. But I feel like that sounds about right. But
0: I feel like you could have said that about Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson back in the day. They probably drank each other's blood. Just seems like a cool thing to do when you're a rock star. It
2: wasn't on the tape. It didn't happen.
0: Heather was too young for that tape. You leave her out of this. Indeed. I, I, I was was I'm. I was I, too I think she sure. is
1: a year younger than me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Look, is that my fault that I was aware of what was happening in the world?
2: Just the at the best at the peak time in humanity. Oh my when god. When these it, things all came together. You, you
0: have to understand like being 19 years old and the internet starting to blow up and home computers becoming a thing and MP3 players coming out and it was such a great time to be like in your late teens or early 20s because That transition was happening and you were there for it. You were old enough to have some of your own money and to be able to make those decisions. It was, it was such a, such an amazing time. So Heather thoughts on the year 2000.
1: Uh, I don't think I have any (laughs) 2000 was okay. I don't think I really have any sort of feelings about years until I start getting to like high school and after high school. I don't know. Before that, it all kind of blends together. I don't know if that's true for anybody else. It's one big childhood.
2: Yeah, it's uh it's like uh, Christian was talking about last time with it, you. Kind of, it's in that period where everything you're you're doing all these firsts and these new experiences. So I think that makes everything kind of if there's not like a, a thing to identify in a lo- in a in a long space of time that you can say like ah, that's the landmark. There's just so many landmarks all together that it, it's kind of contiguous. 2000 though, like it's. Again, things are finally starting to get a bit like you know, getting a little bit older. I'm 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 on the cusp of becoming a teenager, so
0: getting that satellite TV, huh?
2: Almost, almost. <laughs> like at this point, there's like limited access because my grandparents had satellite, but like I don't have the like I don't have control over it. So like History Channel's a big deal.
0: Oh, just I thought you were gonna say just Matlock and, no, and just the, the Matlock Channel 24/7, and Ma- TV and-
2: Land. TV Land before even now. <laughs> They're already doing old stuff. Little House on the Prairie. My grandma loved that.
0: I, I love the fact that Gabe just does old-timey TV as a teenager. Just just warms my heart to know there was a teenager going, oh my God, there's a show called Rockford Files. Who is this man? <laughs> what a life he lives. What a life he lives indeed. Uh, oh. But Heather, thank you very much for joining us and being a part of this. I know that uh, behind the scenes, sometimes you'll text me with uh, something you heard. Uh, So when I invited you and you said yes, I was gleefully happy to hear that you were going to join us. Any closing statements before we we let you go?
1: No, it was a great time. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for being on. I miss you. Yes, thank you. I miss you too. And until next week, everybody.